0: Hello and welcome to Profoundly. I'm Pips Taylor and this is the Femme Foundry podcast. If you don't know us already, Femme Foundry is a one-stop digital space for anyone who identifies as a woman and is a place to discover, connect, belong, grow and thrive on your own terms. So on this podcast, we'll be bringing you special guests and leaders from Fem Foundry each week. They'll be sharing their stories with me, advice and inspirations. We've got everyone from entrepreneurs and business leaders to artists to activists, and nothing is off limits here. No fluff no filters, just real talk on the things that matter to us all, from the professional to the very personal, which is right up my street. I'm so excited about bringing you these real and honest conversations from our community. You can download the new Fem Foundry app wherever you get yours and you can connect with the podcast guests and industry leaders or you can take part in our academy sessions and you can also join live events and access our mentorship opportunities and it's all free. We can't wait to see you over there. Welcome to your new home. It's December and we're moving into festive mode, so who better to join us than craft spirit entrepreneur and all-round drinks expert, Philippa G, founder of Fatty's Organic Spirits. Philippa saw a gap in the market for a quality organic gin brand with a young, fresh feel and set up Fatties in 2017. She went on to win a silver medal at the International Wine and Spirit Competition. She's here today to share the story behind her brand, from idea to funding, to finding her niche. And of course, to give us all the insider knowledge on matching the perfect mixers with your spirits, crafting a faultless festive cocktail and all the ingredients for the ultimate celebration. So I want to start off firstly by saying thank you for coming on Profoundly. It's re- I'm really excited to have you as one of our new leaders, especially in the field that you're working in as a female entrepreneur in the organic spirits business. Uh, I think it's really. I'm really excited to, to chat to you uh, and to hear all about your story and your journey. So, thanks for coming on. Firstly, thank you very much for having me. Very excited to be here. So, I know that you actually you didn't start out in spirits. You started out as a sports agent. You made that transition kind of a bit later on in your career. So, you, you had like a career switch, which I think is yes. amazing and to be wholly encouraged. So, I just want to know what made you what made you what made you switch at the time that you did. Yeah. I mean,
1: yes. Yes. I had a complete switch in my career. So I'd worked in the sports industry for nearly 10 years. Um, and God loved it. It wasn't, I wasn't looking to, to do a complete career switch. It kind of just has happened, (laughs) which I probably shouldn't admit to, because I know people set out and be like, this is my career path. These are my goals. And I can honestly say I didn't have that. I was very happy working where I was working. Um, and yeah, loved it. But I think, and I can only say this in hindsight, I don't think I realised this at the time. So I, so I worked in sport. I love studying Sports University. I love sport. It's been my passion um, for forever. Um, and I love working in the industry. Um, but I think what I realised I was missing is something that then was a hobby outside of that, because even, you know, watching sports on the TV, I can. I, I, mean, I still can't watch sports without looking at who's advertising, who's sponsoring, who who's doing what. And um, yeah, I'm still, I mean, I'm very much still like that. But I was looking, I think, for something then that was a bit more of an outlet because I guess sport used to provide that for me. And so, yeah, I mean, I did like I did all sorts of stuff. But the gin it started off with actually in the spirits in the spirits space. Um, I was just playing around at home really, and that came about because so. I mean, I eat largely organic, use organic hair care, skincare, And when it comes to alcohol, I primarily just drank gin. And I used to get so frustrated that there was just a lack of organic options. And when you actually look into it, lots of people don't realise that everything that goes into making spirits grows from the ground. So for me, it just seems an obvious an obvious choice to go organic because it's super clean. There's no pesticides, no herbicides, um and there really wasn't much choice out there. So I started just playing around at home myself.
0: So what were you just in your kitchen with, like a bit of, I, uh, with a makeshift distiller and a load of sort of different yeah, ingredients? I, uh,
1: I actually was. That is exactly how it started, which is hilarious. Um, and my husband was like, "What the hell are you doing?" And we had really, I just had really good fun doing it, playing around. Um, I did actually flood the kitchen once. No, uh, yeah, and that's when I was like, "Oh my god!" That's. I think that was the final straw for my husband. He was like, "Get out the house!" <laughs> <laughs> how
0: How long had you been kind of experimenting before you really realised that you were onto something?
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, a while. It was probably playing around for about six months or so. And actually, I ended up doing one recipe, which I I really loved. And... um... And then some of my family sampled it, my friends and actually my friends, I didn't tell them it was something that I'd done. They were like, oh, this is nice. And I was thinking, OK. Um, but I'd actually worked quite closely with the Soil Association to get to this stage because I really struggled accessing everything in its organic form that I wanted. It was it was not easy to do. Um, and those conversations is probably what spurred me on, to, to be honest, to be where I am right now, because... You know, I got this recipe that I loved, and you know it was clearly quite popular. And I knew it was all completely organic. And then the Soil Association, right? Were like, well, we're like, look, let's work with you and get your certification. And I was like, oh, okay, right. So I go and got my certification, and then it it really snowballed from there.
0: Can you just describe to us what is involved in getting an organic certification? Because I feel like it is a really lengthy process, but like amazing that the Soil Association sort of supported you from, you know, kind of day one, really. They were incredible and they still are incredibly supportive to me now.
1: Um, they're a brilliant group of people and they, they do such a good job for, for helping small businesses become organic because, you know, that's, that is what they're there for. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a difficult process. I think the easiest way to understand it is a bit like um, making food and dealing with a nut allergy. That's probably the easiest example to compare it to. It's so everything you do in its organic form, it can't be cross-contaminated with anything that is not organic. Um, so you have to have kind of a separate preparation areas, separate stills. So it, it, it's a bit, that's the easiest way to, to compare is it's like dealing with food and a an nut allergy and having to keep everything separate. Um, and that's kind of the practicality side of things. But the, the, the big side, well, just as big side of it, is all about the traceability um so the whole the whole reasoning behind organic is that that you know where where everything that's come from in your food or your drink in this case you know where it's come from and you can trace it all the way back basically to the farm where it's come from um and there's a lot of paperwork that comes with that
0: (laughs) i was gonna say and how like how many different sort of i suppose um providers do you, you would you have that would go into making a gin recipe that would also have to be organic so there's a
1: lot. I've started working with, particularly when you when you start buying in bigger volumes. I mean, I'm still a tiny business, but but from from where I started four years ago. Um, so I work with a great. Um, UK based business that helps me track everything and they're really good um, and they can access basically pretty much everything I now need um, which is really good and really helpful and do you know what even over the four years that I've been doing this to see the growth and the change in the industry is amazing
0: because I feel like organic is such a growing market especially in drinks there's more organic wine I feel people are becoming much more mindful about what we're drinking and where all of our products are coming from the alcohol the drinks industry is one of the largest growing within the organic category
1: wine has been leading the way for years they have been doing it for years you can get organic biodynamic natural wines and to be honest I think the spirits industry has been lazy with it because there's absolutely no excuse and there's no reason why they shouldn't be doing it as well um, and you know I, I love the fact that there's more competition out there now for me because when I started there really was nobody but you know there are a handful now of organic spirits Um, And it's good because the industry is that is growing. That category is growing um, and it's a really positive step.
0: And there's also a lot more gin available. I think there's especially sort of since, since, you know, the pandemic, there's been lots of kind of like gin companies that have have sprung up as well. I mean, did you always sort of at the back of your head, did you always want to start your own company? Did you kind of think that one day you might end up doing that, even though you were in the sports industry?
1: Um, Honestly, I don't think I did, but, you know, my whole family work for themselves. So I'm the youngest of four. All of my siblings have got their own business. So um, probably it was inevitable, but I just didn't realize it. (laughs) I'm, you know, I'm surrounded by people that are um, very creative and yeah, work for themselves. They've set their own businesses and, you know, they don't have that standard nine to five Monday to Friday lifestyle. So I guess that transition was made much easier for me because I kind of knew what I was going in for to a certain extent.
0: I love that. And, uh, you know, the sort of initial startup phase, like how, yeah. how did you find that? Um, you know, did you, did you manage to secure uh, f- like funding or did, you know, beg, borrow and steal? How, how did that work? So in cases there's anyone listening who is thinking, you know, A, I've got a hobby or B, actually, I really want to do something different. Like, how did you start? That, yeah, that- that's
1: starting's a hard part. Um, it's, it's taking that big giant leap to get going. Um, and it takes a lot of faith and to be honest, quite a lot of balls just gotta, you just gotta do it. Um, and I am totally self-funded and I have been from day one, which, um, has yeah, pros and cons to it. It's nice because I don't have to answer to anybody else but myself. Um, the cons are, it's incredibly stressful. <laughs> um, yeah, doing it self-funded, but that is the avenue that I've decided to take. And at various points in the business so far, I have looked at and explored options to to get external funding in, um, but I haven't taken that leap yet. And I guess maybe, you know, maybe it's something for me, it does feel like a mental leap. I feel totally in control, I guess. It's a control thing. When I'm socially self-funded, I am completely in control, um, which I think for
0: me, it's probably what I quite like. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of women and a a lot of us like to be in control, but when things are out of control, how do you manage to, I suppose, bring it back? What are your kind of coping mechanisms
1: yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think I've nailed it yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever do, get, do
1: we? <laughs> I, I know I'm starting to realise that. I think it's just it's just a constant juggle. My the way I the way I survive, God, sounds survive makes it sound a bit dramatic, doesn't it? But certainly in this Christmas phase, it does feel like survival.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but it's I've learned that I have to not look too far ahead with that. And when I say that, I'm I'm working week by week at the moment, just through till Christmas um, with what. With the business and what needs to be done, and then my personal family life and what needs to be done, I, um, I've honestly I've tried this whole juggle thing. So I came back to work after eight weeks, which is not something I particularly recommend. That was quite a challenge, um, but also the joy of running your own business. Yeah. Um, but I've you know I've done a lot where I've tried to juggle doing a bit of childcare, jumping into a bit of business, bit of childcare throughout the day, and actually I've realised that doesn't work for me. Okay. Um, because I can't just focus and I can't be hundred percent in mum mode and hundred percent in the business. I have to, I have to tuck myself into the, into the room, into the office, and I have to focus and be completely on work yeah. for that four or five hours or whatever chunk of time it is that I've got where I've got childcare. And then when I'm, when I'm with the baby, my, my brain is completely onto the baby. I, I have such a, a, a line between one and the other. And I've realized that I've tried, I've tried to do this, juggle a bit of this, bit of this, bit of this throughout the day. And I realized it doesn't work for me. I have to be completely business frame of mind, focused and in that zone. But I honestly, the business never leaves your brain. When you run of a business, it doesn't. it's not, you know, it, it's, you may not physically be working, but your brain is always thinking, yeah oh goodness I really should be doing this or do you know what, actually how about this or this is a good idea and you constantly yeah. I just have to write stuff down and so it doesn't consume my thoughts and I write it down and I can come back to it then back when I'm in my business brain and frame of mind
0: so do you have like a little notebook or a journal with you or do you just pop it into your phone no I write you write it I it's, like that that's quite
1: old school isn't it I, I like I, that um,
0: though
1: I can honestly say and I sit here I can pick up sheets of, of paper my notebook I, I write I need a pen and and I need some paper. Uh, like, phones are brilliant, and I, I do a lot on my phone. Um,
0: but when it comes to things like this, no, I
1: have to write down.
0: I love that. But I also, I feel like with 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 notes and stuff on it, because like, I make a lot of notes on my phone, but I, often you don't revisit them. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of, like, momentary, and then it's you have to have the time to then sit down and, you know, like, once a week and re- revisit everything. Yeah. Um, and... And so obviously with the initial kind of startup, like launching a new product as a female entrepreneur in quite a male dominated industry, how was that for you?
1: Yeah, it's interesting actually because yes, it is a very male-dominated industry. So the industry as a whole is is quite broad because you can look at it from the hospitality sector, you can look at it from the kind of the brand owners' perspective, uh, perspective, and all of it is very male-dominated. But actually, where my career I was before in sports is also incredibly male-dominated. So. I guess it's not something that I um, actively thought, oh, my God, I'm stepping into this male industry um, because I think I've kind of been used to it. You know, I'm so used to being the only woman at a meeting. Um, And in fact, honestly, I barely before came across many women. But I was working in a company where it was very even between male and female. And I think that provided me from early on with um, like the mental support around that. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I rarely meet women in it. Really? Um, and still yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there are women in it, but not. I don't come across many. You know, even going into, you know, doing sales and, you know, looking at, you know, bar groups and restaurants. Oh, well, I may have met a handful of women in it. But, yeah, it's, it's mainly men. And, you know, it is a challenge. It is a challenge,
0: and do you think there's also like it's right for opportunity then for women to sort of move in move into that sector?
1: Yeah, I do. I really, I really want more women in it because they're they're absolutely a place for them. And then I wonder why aren't there women in it? And I think perhaps, particularly if you look at the hospitality area. Obviously, I work really closely in all the hospitality sectors, you know, maybe is it just not set up very well for women? with particularly when you get to, you know, it's very so typical when you get to a certain age, if you want to have a family, you know, the hours aren't particularly great. I can tell you the hours aren't particularly great for having a family.
0: You know, it creates extra challenges. What do, you, what do you think can be done to sort of help encourage women in, into that, that space?
1: I think support. I think I think women need to, well, I think everybody needs to feel supported, but I think that's easier said than done if you're surrounded with very like-minded You know, same-sex people as you. I think you know it is. It is more daunting. I can honestly say that often I have to walk into to a meeting, and you have to prove who you are. You know, I'm five foot one. I'm female. I'm tiny, and it's very easy to be disregarded without even having opened your mouth or said anything yet. And I feel it. I'm not saying that that that's necessarily what they're thinking, but I. That's how I feel, and. I'm not the only person that feels like that. I can say that categorically. And you ha- you do feel like you have to work harder to, to get your point across and to be heard and to be understood. And yeah, you, that is a challenge. Do you feel like you have to kind of prove yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and, I think and if people, not- people don't generally, I feel like, automatically take you seriously I think you have to be proven to be taken seriously yes
0: and is that do you think that's coming from your own pressures or is that coming from your experiences and how we're conditioned as a society do you think or a bit of both uh it's a really good question (laughs) I probably both
1: I think I think I'm quite good at getting on with it I think that's probably the family environment I grew up in as well it's like you are who you are like get out there and literally like push you out the door and get get on with it we just we just need more women yeah. out there doing things having these meetings and taking up the positions because the more of us that are out there doing it the easier it will become for others um,
0: and it's just yes the support which is why I guess that the app's so good as well because that's exactly what it's there to do. Is exactly, yeah, it's what what Fem Foundry is all about. And if you've got any questions, you can also connect with Philippa in the app and, and ask if you wanted to start your own gin business or vodka business or an, another uh, another sort of organic spirit, maybe something like mezcal, which I love as well. Uh, obviously not at the moment. Um, and so, in terms of kind of your your business. Can you just talk us through like the process of making spirits because I know you've got a couple of different flavors. You've got your classic uh, gin, uh, your your London dry gin, and then you've also got your pink grapefruit gin, which is a 20%er instead of a 40%er, which is predominantly like aimed at the sort of female market, isn't it? Yeah. That's one of my favourites, by the way. I I love it.
1: Yeah, it's really popular. It's really popular. So I started off with my London dry gin, and being London dry, that's the way that it's made. So nothing can be added after the distillation process or change so it's a very it's a very clean form of gin which is my favorite um so that's that's the the, kind of my hero product that was my first baby in this um and that's what's won me quite a lot of awards from kind of international wine and spirits awards great taste awards also just recently um one for the best spirits within the organic industry, which is wow. amazing. Congratulations. So, yeah, really, That's huge. You. It is. It's, it is really exciting. I'm, yeah, I'm very proud of that product. It's, it's kind of got me to where I am. And, um, yeah, it's always the number, the number one product, isn't it? It's the one that you kick out with that you feel, I guess, uh, very passionate about. Um, so yeah, I launched with that and then I saw, to be honest, yeah, I saw a gap in the industry. Um, you know, I do a lot of markets and events, where I get the opportunity to speak direct to customers and people that have never heard of me before, people that have never tried my product before. Um, and I love that. So I've just been doing it again this weekend, which is why I've got a bit of a cold. So if you can hear that, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent about 15 hours still outside in the absolute freezing cold all weekend. Um,
0: but it the, was brilliant. The fun. joys of the fairs. But that's also, yeah. you know, as you say, you do a lot of market research there. So what, what did yes. you find? Yeah, so it's
1: so interesting. So so after launching my, my London Dry Gin, I um, started playing around with doing something that was um, a lower ABV. So lower in alcohol, because there's definitely this market and there's been a big shift towards people stopping drinking completely, which is incredible. Um, but there's also this um, middle market where, yeah, people are really conscious about what they're drinking. Um, but it doesn't mean they actually want to stop drinking and they still want to, to kind of have that feeling of drinking a gin and tonic where you kind of have that first sip and you have that uh, moment, yeah. which I know we, we all have. Um, but they don't want that full hit of gin, which is why I started them playing around. And I launched my pink grapefruit. So the pink grapefruit is quite um, quite a unique product. So at twenty percent alcohol, most products out there are classed as liqueurs at twenty percent. This really crucially is not a liqueur because it doesn't have any added sugar, um, and obviously it's completely organic as well. So it's a much kind of healthier version of a twenty percent alcohol product. Mm. Um, and so when you're making your GNT, obviously depending on how much uh, tonic you put in it, you're coming at about 2.2% ABV, so it's much lower. Um, in alcohol and it's just a much lighter version I actually won um, well I got shortlisted for a World Beverage Innovation Award for that which is wow. quite cool so I mean it is really very unique in the industry which you know in the industry in itself um, some people absolutely hated and I went through quite a turbulent time when yeah, I launched that
0: so. you had a lot of backfire didn't you because obviously because yeah, it's, it 20%, so it's 20% it wasn't it wasn't like a full 40% gin so people were saying you can't call it gin which I just think is quite outrageous tell us a little bit about what happened and and how yeah
1: so so to be to be a gin it has to be over thirty seven and a half percent um and it also has to contain a certain amount of juniper um so yeah what i've created at 20 percent um legally speaking isn't a gin um which is fine but lots of the cons- my consumers want to know how it tastes and what, what what's actually in it um and so it's very difficult describing it um <laughs> Because you very got- careful what you say, it's going be very difficult describing it when it is at 20%, but which is absolutely fine. Um, but when the backlash that, thought- that I had yeah, on social media um, was horrendous. My goodness. I mean, it really was awful. So um, I had threats of people coming around to my house. and um, I, Yeah, I mean, I ended up actually moving out of my house for three days because it got so bad. It was people awful.
0: actually genuinely t- turning up at your doorstep? Or were you just, did you... Did uh, I you left. So some, address, somebody didn't? put my address
1: um, <gasps> on Twitter um, and that said where they, they could come and find me. Um, and hang on a minute. People In- were very abusive. It was but awful. To do, but
0: to do what? What, give you a little ticking off saying, oh, you can't call your gin gin? That's insane. You can't. It was It was, It was. was awful. It was, yeah, it was a really, God, it was I'm a so really sorry. Horrendous.
1: Like, it was a very low time and it just... It just shows, like, the power of social media. Yeah. So, you know, social media's got, got a lot of positive things, especially when you're in a new business. It's a great way to get out there. But, you know, there's lots of people. You know, there are people that I've met that turned around and were like, oh, I've met her. It's such a shame because I liked her when I met her, but I can't possibly speak to her ever again. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> Come on. Anyway, it was it was, a very, it was a very harsh time. And social media, you know, it's got a lot to answer for. People, people are faceless behind social media one one girl I, I thought oh, who's this and I looked her up and she's a primary school teacher and she was sending me social media abuse Wow! you know these people become invincible and they, they don't care right or wrong
0: yeah they're just keep are keyboard warriors because they're just yeah. clearly unhappy in some place in, in their own lives and just want to take people down and I just think it's such yeah. a, a disgusting culture yeah. and it, it, it yeah. you know we have to we have to try and stop it and you know that's also you know you're a, a, a small business owner bringing out a new product, yeah. you know, you trial and test things. I think to so have yeah. had the react that reaction that you had yeah. is just outrageous.
1: I mean, I really hope that if anything happens like this again, they've all learned, do You know what? If you think you can get hold of their address, why don't you pick the phone up to them and say, "Look, are you okay? And do you need a hand with anything? These are some yeah. of the feedback that we've had. Let's talk." Social media abuse is just not the way forward for anybody no. in any walk of life, let alone somebody new starting
0: up in a business. But there we go. <laughs> I know. I didn't, in the end, you'd had to cross out the word gin on the bottom. Yeah, yeah.
1: So the gin's crossed out. So, you know, it's it's made in the same way as our London dry gin. It's got lots of the same botanicals in there as our London dry gin. It's actually got more juniper in there than our London dry gin. Um and it's got a bit of pink grapefruit, so it's got a bit of zest. It's got a bit of black pepper, so you still get that lovely warmth on the palate. Um, so, yeah, it's completely made in the
0: same way. But, it, um, yeah, it's at 20%. That's, yes. that's the key differentiator, yeah. Do, do you think that the kind of tide has changed a little bit even since you started the business in 2017 to kind of shopping small and supporting small businesses especially around you know things like we've you know we see every year the Black Friday sales all that kind of thing I personally think there is a much more kind of as consumers we we are looking more to shop small but I wonder if that's something that you feel within your business
1: yes absolutely and I actually think it was going in that direction I think the pandemic sped it up um, the pandemic really changed things for our business, like everybody's business, I guess. Um, you know, you have to be nimble. And that day when all the pubs and bars closed was a day where I sat there. And I think I was like eight and a half months pregnant <laughs> and or whatever I was. And I sat there and I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So I just secured one of my biggest groups of 27 pubs. Um, I had two pallets of booze ready to be picked up. And then the announcement came and obviously the collection the next day never happened. And I thought, I sat there and thought, Oh my Lord, what am I going to do? And you know, you have to then, you know, you have to dwell in it for a little bit and think, Oh my God, this is bad. And then you have to take a step back and you have to reevaluate and then you have to be nimble and just rethink your plans just because it wasn't the original plan doesn't mean it's a bad plan. And uh, you know, I really switched my focus on direct to consumer. Um, you know, all all my trade outlets were closed. God, I loved it. It yeah. was so it was so nice just to focus on that one area of my business. And it was so refreshing to, to deal directly with consumers and to talk to them and see what they wanted. And I think on the flip side, consumers were really spending more time at home, looking out for small businesses. There was, you know, there was this big whole support going on to help, help businesses keep going during the pandemic. I really noticed it. you know, my, you know, my database grew by about 10,000 during the pandemic, which is amazing. And yeah, it really shifted things for us. But, and I, I, just one thing that I'll take from the pandemic is I absolutely loved that opportunity to really be able to focus on dealing direct to consumer.
0: Do you feel like there is a sense of community within the small business world? Do people support each other? Yeah, I do. I've, I've had nothing but support from other small businesses.
1: Um, I think it's amazing. I think we all understand the, the hard graph, the grind that goes into it. And yeah, there is there is a real small business collective. You know, I'm part of groups on Facebook that are for small businesses in the drinks industry, small businesses are kind of the food and drink industry, and they're brilliant. Everybody is there to help from what whatever, from whatever you think might be a stupid question to something that that I don't know it might be a legal query or whatever there's there is
0: a huge amount of support out there brilliant and and like so here at Fem Foundry this is where sort of the professional and the personal collide and I just wanted to ask because it's something that I really noticed and I, I think it might have been a choice of yours And I'm just wondering why that obviously I know you, you've you've had you've got your gorgeous son because you didn't really tell many people in the business that you were a pregnant or had a, had a baby what was the reason behind that if you don't mind me asking
1: yeah, it's a good question uh, because I've not spoken about it at all, to be honest. And honestly, I didn't feel like I could. Really? I felt like, yeah, just, yeah, I didn't feel like I could. So I never, I, ne- I mean, well, you know, my, my business, it, it is personal to me. Yeah. And if you go on my Instagram, you'll see my face is all over it and I'm all over it. Um, but I just didn't, I didn't feel like I could say that I was pregnant because I didn't want people to think that, I don't know that my business might disappear or you know if I was a retail. this is how I mean rightly or wrongly this is how I saw it if I was a retailer and was looking at my business thinking oh well she's having a baby in three months time oh well are we going to struggle getting supply or stock or well, we, we better see what happens I don't know she might close the business because she's having a baby or we better not supply from her because we don't want any issues with you know with stock yeah. control like that was my worry wow and I'm not sure whether that was right to worry but I mean, if I, you know, did it again, I still wouldn't announce it because I still would have the same concerns. Mm. I didn't want to. I didn't want it to work against me, and I honestly think it would have. Really? I really do. And even now, having had the baby, you know, I've not. I've not spoken about the juggle of trying to do both. I think for the same reason, because I don't. You know, I have. I don't just want to be oh here's another woman here's another mom just trying to do a little bit on the side of the business it's like no I'm running a business I'm running a business that's growing and going places that is what I want to be seen as not you know not someone that's trying to you know oh, how do I say this um not someone that's 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 got this big old personal life and being a mum and having a baby and doing it all with just spending, you know, a little bit of time every day just playing around, playing around running a business. And I feel like that's how that's how it might be construed yeah
0: and I think also clearly like you care you care what people think you know with regards to your your business and the way that you do things which is why you haven't
1: you know I've worked very hard to build this business from scratch I've worked very hard to have the um, customers that I do um, whether that's kind of a direct to consumer customer whether that's a bar or a restaurant or a retail outlet you know they they all take time and they take time to build relationships which is, I guess is why also why I took so little time off work because I didn't want those relationships to lapse because you know you put years into building these and you know yeah it's that fear if you step away are you not going to get back in you know and it that it is a massive fear and I'm sure I'm not the only person in, in any industry that feels like that when they have a baby but totally. it is totally
0: I completely agree with you. It is a real fear. I mean, I didn't share that I was pregnant until I was six and a half months. Until literally, I was bump. You know, you could there was no getting past no it. hiding it. <laughs> there it was no hiding it. Do you know what I mean? So, it and I and I get it. And that again was for work purposes because I didn't want people to make decisions for me based on the fact that I was pregnant. And I just think that in 2021, for us to still be having this conversation and for us to feel like that's why we're not sharing something that's like obviously people are really happy and should yeah. be celebrated is it's just something that needs to be we need to be open about and talk talking about in in yeah. the hope that we can then change the tide for for the next uh yeah. group of women who are coming who are coming through
1: yeah absolutely. I mean, I guess one one thing that I had is that when pregnancy was through the whole pandemic, so so you know it was so easy for me to hide it. you know you can yeah. sat do my meetings on Zoom, no one no one sees below your shoulders. Yeah, yeah you know it it was easy in that sense to to hide it, but it isn't right, but it uh, it's not right. And I do, I do wish I had the guts, I think, to to back myself that actually, you know, my relationships with my customers are all good and they would only be supportive and be like, look, how can we structure our orders around making it work? But Reality is that you know some might be like that, but not all of them,
0: and the fear is there. But then look at what you've done in in the time. Obviously, I know that you you know you didn't have that long off, and you know you're. But I know that you're a really amazing mum, and you're a really amazing business owner and, and running. You know, running Fatty's Organics is like it's really formidable uh from the outside looking in so you should be and really proud and you have a choice whether to share these things that's 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 the thing yeah. as well and it's like so good for you for having your choice and for sticking to it for what for for, for the reasons that you have done like that's the most important thing is that we've got a choice
1: yeah no exactly no thanks for saying that because you know it's it is absolutely a choice. Everybody has a choice, and I think sometimes yeah. it's easy to feel like you don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Is is making your decision and sticking with your guns.
0: Not everyone wants to share everything, you know. In terms of kind of on on social media, like people, you know, people like to keep professional and personal really separate. But I think also here at Fem Foundry, because we're in this sort of hybrid space of, of sort of like living our lives where work can become uh, pleasure and pleasure is is work. That it's just quite an interesting talking point.
1: Yeah, I do. You know what, I think particularly with social media, again, yeah. the, that distinction between your private life, personal life, is so blurred, yeah. isn't it? Because you know, there's there's just not a line. There's not you know, there's not a line where one's yeah. one and one's the other, which is brilliant, but yeah, it doesn't just does make other things more challenging. Um, but yeah, you
0: know, you've got you've got to do what you've got to do, haven't you? Yeah. And, right. I want to talk Christmas because this yeah. is the festive season, and you are Fatties Organic. Experience. Can I just ask why yeah. the name
1: Fatties? <laughs> because I've been called fatty my whole life so I'm the youngest of four siblings I've got an older sister and two older brothers and they've called me fatty for as long as I can remember and um and they just always have and it's just always stuck so when I started my business and I was like wow it's me isn't it it's got to be fatty it's like that is that is who I am and um Yes, that's where it came from and stuck. Right,
0: so Christmas, festive season is upon us. What is yes. the ultimate festival cocktail that we can be serving this Christmas?
1: Oh, my God. So I've got a product. So I launched in lockdown last year, I, uh, I launched two new products, uh,
0: which is also a really nice thing of lockdown and
1: getting a t- chance just to, to like play around again. So I launched a vodka and then a winter spiced orange gin, which... Oh, it's amazing. Honestly, it's so, so delicious. So it's still got a single pack full of your juniper. Um, it's got some seville orange in there. It's got some nutmeg, cinnamon spices. So it makes an amazing, like amazing classic June tea um, with a bit of an orange garnish and cinnamon stick in there. However, it's also incredible in a Negroni. You're into your Negronis. Um, and my most favourite winter cocktail on earth, which will replace the mulled wine one day, I swear, is the Hot Toddy yes it is so so good as a as a winter warmer and it's so easy to make as well um if you've got a few people over um just get it all on the pan on the hob um and just keep it warm much like your mulled wine then you can just serve it straight out oh my god it's heavenly
0: what are we chucking in that hot toddy just for those that are listening
1: Yeah, we should put the recipe up on on social. It's on my my social media, on Foundry. So you've got, so for one, and then you can just um, amplify it up obviously for more. So it's a double measure. So 50 ml of the winter spiced orange gin, 200 ml of water, uh, a tablespoon of honey, and then it's got uh, the juice of one orange in there, and then a couple of cinnamon sticks thrown in. So heat it all up on the pan, stir it all in so it gets nice and warm, serve it into your glass, um, and then with a cinnamon stick in the top honestly it's incredible it's it's absolutely delicious
0: now if you're throwing a party how would you convert someone who maybe said oh I'm not really a fan of gin how would you convert them what would you serve them oh they've obviously not tried mine have they (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: I would serve them uh, my London Dry Gin as a very classic gin and tonic it is so good people do not realise the difference in being organic it's so clean and it's so smooth that, yeah, we have converted some absolute non-gin fans into massive gin fans. Um, it's just so much easy drinking. It's the same quality difference as you see in organic with your food. Um, but honestly, obviously, just talking about organics, well, I must say that obviously it makes a difference in the quality of the ingredients and the benefit that it has on the consumer but being organic, an enormous part of this, and which I really am a massive advocate of, is organic farming we absolutely have to support because organic farming is the way forward with helping with the impacts of climate change. Um, I, I literally just can't say it enough. Like, all our farms, we need to be organic. And to be organic, the consumers need to be buying organic. It absolutely is helping, like, reduce droughts, reduce floods. Uh, all of our farming needs to go organic, um, but so helping the world but also it is a much better quality for us and when you say clean do you mean like yeah. no, no hangover yeah i mean legally speaking don't get me social media abuse bips but <laughs> yeah. i'm allowed to say that but yeah it is it's just much better for you because it has none of those nasties in it so yes you'll have so a much clearer head the next day it's a less of a hangover yeah drink, just honestly drink organic
0: organic spirits organic wine it makes a huge huge difference Okay. I love that. And um, obviously festive season, I know you have a big family, like what is important to you to throwing a good party? What are the best ingredients of a good celebration for you?
1: Oh, a good party. Oh, it's always basics, good music, good food, good booze. Yeah. I think if you've got those, you've always got yourself a really good party, haven't you? And we love a party. (laughs) We love a party in our family. It's any excuse. So many of us, when we all get together, it's a party. So yes. Good
0: food, good booze, good music, and you've got yourself a party. Excellent. And you can find all of those at uh, at Femme Foundry. So, you know, you've you got go. lots of tips for the food, for the partying and, and also for the for the music as well. Uh now, just to round off, I really want to do our quick fire uh with you, which is basically as as you know, our, our kind of four main pillars are mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and financial health. Uh so I'd love to know what you do for each of those for yourself. Uh so let's kick off with financial health as an entrepreneur. How do you look after your financial health? Um
1: I think I mean, finance is a huge huge topic, isn't it, finance? But for for my my own health of finance, <laughs> I think it's how you view your finances. I think you hear so often people go oh i can't afford that oh i can't afford that when in reality you know they've spent their money elsewhere they've just made a choice to decide to spend their money on something else and not that which is fine because everybody has choices um, it's 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 how you approach your mental finances it for me is what i've i've been on a massive journey because it's very easy when you are a self funded business to look at your bank account and be like Uh, what am I doing but actually it's your mental attitude towards your finances and then makes a massive impact actually on your finances I can honestly tell you view your finances in a positive aspect and you know you may not be able to afford x y and z but you know if you spend your money doing x and y then z can come later it's your attitude towards it which for
0: me has been a massive journey about learning about great advice there and what about spiritual health are you into spirituality at all
1: yeah, I am. I think maybe maybe in my own way. For me, my my spiritual health I think comes from doing yoga and also being surrounded by by people that I love. Like, they, they give me energy. You know, you do have people in life that feed you energy and you have people that sap energy. Yeah. And people that feed you energy are so important to be surrounded by. Um, so, you know, you've got my sister, I've got my mum, my brothers, my best friends. Um, you know, they they are the people that, that keep me balanced. My husband's amazing at it. He really understands you know when when you need those vibes you know people that give you energy are so important and for me that really I guess leans into that kind of spiritual health side um, and you know on the flip side of that people that do sap energy you, you've got to have your line with them and you've just got to know when it serves you and when it doesn't serve you at certain points especially when you're in a business that is very challenging.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what about your physical health? Are you into f- fitness and, and working out? I am, and do you know what? Oh my goodness! Obviously, I was pregnant and then had a baby,
1: so so the whole exercise thing has been very challenging. And I find it challenging because I love exercise. Like, it, I find it so good for me, like physically and mentally. Um, and so, having that period where you know I couldn't exercise was really, really challenging. But I'm back. I now, you know, I've got a dog as well. So I've always walked a dog every day. But now I'm, you know, building my running fitness up again. And you'll see me out with the baby in the buggy. This is is me trying to nail it. So I'm running with the dog and the baby in the buggy because and he will sleep which is great that kills kills me having trying to get him to sleep at other times the dogs exercise and I'm exercise and we're out of the house for an hour and I've nailed three things in once and I used to listen to I used to listen to music podcast whereas now I need silence and I just love the silence of being outside. I have nothing in my ears anymore. The dog's just patter of her feet running next to me, the baby asleep in the pram and the fresh air and getting exercise. That is like my new heaven. I love
0: it. I love that and also that it sounds like quite a lot like i'm not i'm not gonna lie i don't know if i'm yeah, able to it's do that always the most
1: relaxing
0: yeah it's like <laughs> it's that's nice. that's 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 three three things there that are like wow i don't i don't know if i'd be able to take that on so i take my hat off to you that's really impressive <laughs> uh, and then finally your mental health which is obviously so important for all of us especially at the moment how do yeah. you look after yours what works
1: it's uh, probably it's the exercise that's that's for me is the biggest mental health i um I go through phases where I'm much better at this than other times. But writing, I try and write a lot. Um, and I, I do, do you know what I do this more when I'm feeling very challenged or I'm probably feeling out of control. So I did a lot when I was obviously running the business, pregnant, and in the early phases of having a baby and doing the business. I write a lot of um, like do a lot of manifestation. I write a lot of goals. I write down what's important to me, um, just to try and really like hone in and keep track. Because it's, so, I find it's so easy to lose sight of the most important things, and ultimately, why I'm doing it all. You yeah. know, why am I doing a business? It's actually because I really enjoy doing it, and the enjoyment is. First and foremost, everything else will come because I enjoy it. And so, you know, those days where, you know, they happen where you do feel stressed and you feel out of control. And I think, what the hell am I doing? I've got so much on my plate. But if you can go back and this is where my writing comes in, it's like write down what, why
0: am I doing it? I just want to ask if we've got anyone listening, if you are listening and you're wanting to start up a business, what Philly are your sort of top tips, do you think, for someone who's really thinking about taking that leap
1: yeah good question you've just got to go for it Um, it's really it is really challenging if you overthink it which is very difficult to not overthink because yes it is a huge thing but I think try not to look at the enormity of it and just take it step by step and oh my god I wish somebody had told me this this is the first thing which is such a practical thing that I you know you sit there coming up and you're thinking oh that's a cool name for a business or what about that oh my god check the trademark register before you do anything just because it's available on company's house as a name doesn't mean someone doesn't own it as a trademark. And if it's gone as a trademark, don't even go there.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: I love that. Nobody, nobody told me that. It's such practical advice. But um, yeah, before you get too far with with something, check the trademark registers to check it's available, and then get your company registered on company's house and own your trademark before you invest any money in any design, any logos, any anything and that's such practical advice but otherwise just don't overthink the enormity of it just take it step by step and really enjoy it because if you don't enjoy it just don't bother doing it yeah. so you've got to enjoy it and have fun with it
0: i love that and obviously we've just launched our shiny new fem foundry app 2.0 yes. what do you think of it
1: oh i love it i've been looking at it and do you know what there's people on there that i know and it's amazing um it's so nice to see some familiar faces pop up uh but it's such a good idea it's a great platform for for women but obviously you know you guys can be on there as well and guys are a really important part of the conversation you know they have to be involved in the conversation we need guys we all need to be together kind of supporting women getting out there and doing it um and I love that this kind of creates that platform for that support um, because it's very much needed
0: Amazing. Well, you can, of course, connect with Philly on the Fem Foundry app. Uh, please download it where you get uh, your usual apps, iOS or Android. Uh, and thank you so much for listening to Profoundly this week. And a huge thank you to you, Philly, uh, for your time and for all of the nuggets of amazing wisdom that you've given us today.
1: Oh, fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved it.
0: Now, if you need a little encouragement within physical health, which I mean, I definitely do at the moment, here is Ben Bidwell with some words of wisdom when I exercise, that it creates a space because when we exercise, we become present. We're there, we're just doing what we're doing in that moment. We're not necessarily thinking. I mean, it does depend on the exercise. Everyone is different in what they experience. But for me, for example, when I'm in a gym and I'm lifting weights, I am there lifting weights. I'm not back in my office doing things. And when I just create, create that space and just allow myself to be there out of my head, Thanks to Ben there. I think we could all do with taking some time to create a little bit more space, especially at this busy time of year. It's always just so hard, isn't it? A big thank you to my wonderful guest, Philippa, today and to you for listening. Don't forget, if you want to continue the conversation, connect with our guests and see all the amazing things Ben Foundry has to offer, then you can come and join us by downloading and signing up to our brand new app. I'll see you in there.